Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. This is your bitch, Kim. Hello. Happy Wednesday to yins, guys. And you know what? There is so much as far as like a huge, 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 huge announcement that came up the other day by our good Bravo Andy Cohen. And let's just do a drum roll because this is the huge what the Bravo moment of the week. New franchise, honey. New fucking franchise. Okay. And it's not Chicago, which it probably should be eventually, but whatever. It's not Tallahassee. I don't know why I just said Tallahassee. I've never been, but I'm sure it's pretty cool. It's not, I was just going to say Dallas too, and they just fucking, they're not, oh God, I'll just shut up. It is the Real Housewives of Dubai. Yes, Dubai. That is, ooh, I am excited for it. I think there are some people that are kind of like, meh, I don't know how this is going to be. First international. Actually, it's really not the first international Real Housewives because they did the Ladies of London. Even though it wasn't the Real Housewives like title per se, I do feel like it was kind of the same synopsis, if you will, with all those women living their glamorous lives. So... The Real Housewives of Dubai, it is coming sometime in 2022, which means it's coming pretty soon. They released the cast. I don't know any of them. I think there might be one lady that people are familiar with, but I'm not. So am I going to tune in? A fucking course, because I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. I feel like there is so much wealth in Dubai And this is just my assumption, so I could be fucking wrong as fuck. However, I do feel like these women are going to make the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills feel like they're poor as fuck. That's all that I'm thinking. Uh, Could I be wrong? Fucking yes. But, you know, I guess I'll just have to wait and see how these ladies are, how dramatic they're going to be. I wonder if one of them will want to be a cabaret star like Luann eventually after a season or two. So Real Housewives of Dubai, let's get started because I'm fucking excited to meet Yin's ladies. Yes. So that was the first big what the Bravo moment, and we are already into it. Another thing that I would like to discuss shortly, uh, I want to give it a short amount of time because I don't, yeah, because I just don't really want to talk about her, but I do feel like this is meant to be said because it is going around the Instagram social media vibes right now. Kelly Dodd and her husband apparently, um, I briefly read it, they dressed up for Halloween. Kelly was dressed up as a Native American. um, And then, let me see, her husband was dressed up in the garb, I guess, that Alec Baldwin was using in that film where, so sadly, the cinematographer was shot by negligence of whoever was in charge of the bullets or whatever the fuck that they use. Uh, So terrible, terrible event that happened last month. You know, both her and her husband, like, Kelly, come on, man. No, you're wrong. It is, it just makes you guys look even worse than you already look. So that was definitely something that was disappointing and completely inappropriate. And it was just bad. So I wanted to mention that because I know that it's kind of big talks 
right now in the uh, social media world. Now, that's enough of her because we, bye Kelly. No, 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 bye, bye. Let's go to another thing that's kind of a big thing in my opinion, and it's also sad. Um, Below Deck Med, Captain Mark Howard. This is sad. He has passed away, unfortunately. And if you below deckers are really into it, you would know him from the very first season of Below Deck Med. So he has paved the way for what Below Deck Med is now. And, you know, condolences to his family and friends. And it is sad, but it is nice that we can see him on the Below Deck Med history and the archives. So that is kind of a great memory, I would assume, for the family that they're always going to be able to have that for his history. So Then let's move on from there. Another uh, scary thing that happened that I know people have been talking about. Dorit from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. How fucking scary is this? Someone, two guys, I think, broke into her home and held her at gunpoint while her kids were sleeping. Okay, so PK was apparently out of town is what the articles have been saying out there. And just recently, I think maybe October 30th or something, because she did post some stuff. The They were the Adams family this year for Halloween. So, but before that, she did make a statement on her social media saying that her kids slept through the whole ordeal. They were not present in this whole thing I mean clearly Dorit has that that has definitely been a traumatic experience for her and that is probably something that she'll never ever 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 forget in her life how scary is it if you're sleeping or if you're in your room and then all of a sudden you see these two strange men come into your room holding a gun to your head like that's fucking scary as shit so thankfully no one was harmed everyone is okay the kids weren't even exposed to it thank god because I'm sure that would be oh I, I I couldn't even imagine so Dorit we are so happy that you and your family are okay and I hope those two dudes or however many there were if they were dudes I don't even know if they were dudes but I hope who those people were get you know they get caught and shit because like that's fucking wrong and that just it was scary to read that and I'm just thankful that they're okay oh my god and the last thing holy shit all this stuff is pretty intense as far as sad angry and all this shit like what the fuck the other day Shannon Bedore it's a gesture she took to her Instagram and said that Archie her beloved golden retriever the golden retriever that we all love and we want for ourselves the best cast member of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Good old Archie, baby. He went missing. I think it was like early morning, um, November 1st. But thankfully, he has been found. He came back to the Bedore residence. But I'm telling you, I don't even know how old Archie is, but I'm sure Shannon and her family, I, I couldn't even imagine it. I mean, my beautiful little Westie, Roni. Uh, he's about like seven months now and I couldn't even imagine if he went missing I think my life would be over so I'm so thankful that Archie was found and yeah pretty intense stuff for what the Bravo uh definitely the most exciting news is that Real Housewives of Dubai is going to be coming it's going to give us some crazy ass shit I'm assuming this is actually going to be really cool too because if you think about all the franchises they kind of brought the same thing in a weird way as far as uh what's 
going on in their lives. And then when we got Salt Lake City, it was a completely different twist because we were going to learn more about the Mormon culture. So this is going to be really interesting to get into the lives of these women who live not in the United States. So I'm excited. I think it'll be a great, great new thing to the Bravo sphere. And I'm looking forward to it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to the main event with the anticlimactic. Is it anticlimactic or anticlimactic? What the fuck is wrong with me? So we are going to go to the very sad, if you ask me, season finale of Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm telling you, if this is what the reunion's going to be like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not going to watch it. But I'm also... I, I'm going to be mad if this is what the reunion is going to be like. Maybe that's why they brought Nicki Minaj because she's going to bust some shit out because this season finale was boring as fuck. So but we're going to get to the main event. So let's get started. So we are finally at the 25th year anniversary vow renewal between Ray Huger, the black Bill Gates and Kern Huger, the ambassador of Surrey County. Ah, uh, we are f- we've made it here people. We have made it here yins guys. Aren't you so excited? I just knew when we got to this moment in my mind I was like, "Oh my god, now we're going to have to see them kiss and like like that other time that they showed, was it a vow renewal or something or were they getting married again? I don't really remember, but all I remember is that Karen was basically like licking Ray all over and it was so disgusting. That's what I thought about whenever we got to this moment. I was like, "Yeah, we're going to have to see them kiss and I'm already scarred for life." But we're here. <laughs> So they are on the phone with their planner and they're trying to finalize everything. And then we also find out that Karen's daughter, unfortunately, is not able to be at the vow renewal. They don't say why. And if they do, I totally missed it. But she's not going to be there. But her son is going to be present. So that's nice. Then we go to Ashley and Michael. They are going out to lunch with Robin and Juan. Actually, this was kind of exciting for me because I was like, ooh, I'll get to see the dynamic between Michael and Juan. And it's really hilarious, too, that even Robin said in her confessional, she doesn't really understand why Juan is so uh, reciprocating on Michael's, I don't know, friendliness or something. It is kind of weird. It's odd, but I feel like either one. One is totally oblivious to the fact of all that shit that happened. Two, he totally forgot. Uh, Or three, he, I don't know, doesn't want to think about it or something. If you were to ask me, I almost feel like with Juan, he feels like the typical guy that doesn't want to care about shit and just wants to like live his life and go to basketball practice or something. So I almost feel like he totally forgot about it and is oblivious to like, what happened? I don't know what you're talking about. That's just my thoughts. But they meet up for lunch and I'm sure Michael is super duper excited because he will get to suck one. I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So he's talking to everyone. This is Michael. He's talking to everyone about how he's been working out with a trainer five times a week. Michael, why do we want to know this? We don't want to know this. I mean, I get that Juan asked you, what have you been up to? But like, I don't need to hear your whole routine of what you do with your trainer. Quite frankly, I don't even know if I'd want to know because one, is he hot like Juan? Two, is he hot like Juan? And three, 
is it a guy, first of all? But four, is he hot like one? Because if he is, then I really don't want to know what you could be thinking and or doing with your trainer. <sighs> but if it was with one, then I kind of want to know. <laughs> so from there, Robin was like to Michael, do you think you'll ever come around the group again? Like, we haven't seen you. This is crazy. And then Michael's basically admitting that he doesn't want to be around the Bassett family. He doesn't want to be around Candace. He doesn't want to be w- around Chris. I completely understand with the Candace thing, who really wants to be around her, okay? Um, I don't. But Chris, come on. Like I said before, this whole season, I'm kind of got the, I kind of got the hots for Chris. I do. Juan is still my number one, but I, I don't know. Chris is very close. He's very close to that number. Very, very close. So as Michael is talking shit about Candace and Chris, good old Coach Juan, not Coach Shaw, okay? Good old Coach Juan was just like, all right, let's be positive. Let's let's do some good shit. Like, come on. And then the conversation is turned over to a baby talk conversation. So we're seeing that Ashley wants to have baby number three. And then we see that at the very end when they're doing the still shots of the girls and writing down what's going on with them. So Ashley wants baby number three. So the conversation of what's the deal with Juan and Robin, are they going to have another child? Because we all know that Juan wants a baby girl. And we all know that she would be really, really cute. Robin is saying they have the house for it. They're about to go into that huge ass house that they're building. So they'll have the space for the baby. But she also says that it's been 13 years since they both had, you know, I think it was Cart. Is Carter the oldest? I don't I don't really know. But it's been 13 years since she's dealt with the whole infancy thing and the newborns. So she's concerned, like, am I am I gonna be able to do this? And I would think so. Yes, Robin, you'll be able to do it. You did it twice. You'll be fine. But she did say she brought up, and I'm sure Juan was kind of uncomfortable during this conversation with Ashley and Michael being present. She was saying that she did all the work, and Juan was kind of having a hard time hearing that. I think there would have been a place to do it, maybe not in front of Ashley and uh, Michael, but, you know, she did what she did. So she said that she did all of the work, basically raising them, essentially, and he was getting a little like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm mad about this because that's not true. So the conversation kind of, you know, they put a pin on it, and then we move on to Candace. We're at Candace, Chris, and Mama Dorothy, honey. They are walking down the street because what are they doing? Candace is going to sign as an artist, to this E1 Nashville company. So label, let's say label. It's a label, not a fuck. Okay, so she is signing with them as an artist, as Candace, you know, with her Deep Space album. I've still not listened to it, but uh, I hear it's pretty good. Maybe eventually I'll get to it after all the Christmas music that I'm going to devour for the next two months. Yes, I am that bitch, and I am not ashamed about it. That's why I also love the Hallmark Channel. Fucking right. They have the Christmas thing going 24-7 all year round. That's a little crazy, but have I invested a little bit of time in that right now? Yes, I have. And I freaked the fuck out the other night. Why? Turn on the Food Network. Holy fucking shit. Yes, holiday baking championship or whatever, cookie baking thing. Oh, it is on, honey. It is on and I am so excited. I didn't realize how much talent, how much talent there was 
everywhere about baking and all this shit. Like, I am impressed. I mean, I feel like I'm impressed with myself when I use some Betty Crocker shit and I put that shit in the oven and it turns out pretty okay because I follow the directions, surprisingly. But these people, wow, they're fucking phenomenal. So as I'm talking about two different networks, let's get back into the Bravo network. (laughs) So Candace is going to sign with E1 Nashville. She's super excited. And now we're going to have the privilege to see Candace's head and ego get larger and larger and larger. And we're going to have to see that with each season in the future. So aren't we all excited? I don't know if I am, but I'll be tuning in for sure. (sighs) Now, they're talking about the specifics of the records, how the singles are going to be released, and everything like that. And she's talking about how she did her music video and all that good shit. I've still not seen the music video. But again, I heard it was nice. Her team, her new team now, is basically saying, you know, Candace, you got to hype this up on your social media. And then she's like, oh, that's not a problem. Of course I can do that. Love you, production, for doing this. You go back. You go back in Bravo history to last year's reunion when Andy's saying, you know, you you are a disaster on Twitter. And of course, Candace was just like, she heard it in one ear, out the other. Thank you. Honey, that wasn't a compliment that he was giving you. It wasn't. You just took it that way. But you know what? You're kind of a badass bitch for taking it that way. So I can't believe I'm doing this. I applaud you, Candace. That was pretty impressive. So then eventually, you know, I feel like any scene nowadays with Candace, there's always going to be that fucking tissue that she does in like a fucking triangle or some shit. And she's like dabbing her eyes because she's fucking crying again. So she's crying. Cool. I mean, I get it. I would probably be crying too because this is kind of an important moment for her so okay she's crying whatever and then we see her finally sign the contract but here's my thing uh Candace did you actually read the fucking thing I know that production does some silly funny things but my noggin is asking myself did you in fact read every fucking thing in this contract one Do you know if they're going to screw you over too? Uh, Does Bravo know about this? Because don't they get a certain percentage because you're advertising yourself through their programming? I know something like that is going down. So did you dot all your I's and cross all your T's? I'm just concerned for you and I'm not even a lawyer, but do you have a lawyer? Did you talk to one? I'm concerned for you, believe it or not, as an artist to an artist. So then from the music label signing... We're going back to Juan and Robin. Robin is going to her big warehouse space baby. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like big, but it's bigger than like what she was doing doing in her home. So she's there with Juan and they are looking at her new space for her company embellished. How exciting is that? And she said that she's going to get new inventory. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get new designs because that, oh, Robin, honey, I know you may not listen to this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to put this on my Instagram. Hopefully she'll read it or fuck. Hopefully she'll listen. But here's what I'm saying. Robin, your shit is so good. I would love, 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 love. You have to put beanies in there along with your hats. Your hats are fabulous. And I swear beanies are where it's at. Winter is coming. We need those beanies, honey. I would be your first purchase. I I would fucking purchase your shit. I'm obsessed with beanies. I think there is definitely a market for it, especially the wintertime. Hello. 
So Robin, you gotta you gotta do beanies with embellished. I support that wholeheartedly. All right, after that PSA, let's move on. Whew. So we're in the new warehouse. And Robin's talking about the new house and the space that it has for a future uh, Dixon, potentially. And she's saying to Juan that if they were to have another baby, that everything that happened in the past doesn't happen again. So cue Juan being super defensive. And she's like, have you even changed a diaper? And he was like, yes, I have. And then he is getting he's getting pretty angry at her. And he basically walked away, went into his car and took his mic off. He's like, I'm taking this fucking mic off. And then she goes after him to be like, what the fuck? You're taking this way too seriously. Like, we just have to have a conversation about this. And he's like, you're making me look like that I was a messed up father. I don't think that that's not what she was doing. And then he was like, well, you're making me feel like I'm a dickhead and I'm not who I was 13 years ago. One, I don't think she was doing that whatsoever. In my opinion, his response to her whenever she's asking him this stuff, I feel like him reacting the way that he is, it is showing his guilt. His guilt, in my opinion, is coming out from the reality of him maybe not really being as present as technically what he would want to be today, present day. So 13 years ago, I don't think he was around as much. I think he was still in the height of his career from what I recall from the episode. And, you know, if you're an NBA basketball player, you're not home all the fucking time. I mean, how many times? I don't think you're home that much. Ask Steph Curry's wife. That's all I'm saying. So I I don't know. I, I could see him not being there, and I could also understand that he's a changed person from what he was 13 years ago. However, Robin is covering her own bases. She does not want to be the only person that is taking care of an infant, which I completely understand. And the good thing, I think, though, is that one does want to be present 108 million percent. And I think that's also another reason why he's getting mad, because he knows that he's changed. So I don't know. That was a it was a tough conversation to watch. Um, but again, I think it's necessary because I'm sure they're not the only ones that have gone through it, are going through it, etc. I think he's a little mad at himself for maybe not being as present in the past. And she's trying to reassure to him that it's really not that serious. And again, we see him take the mic off and then he leaves. The one thing that I didn't like about that situation is after he said to her, you're making me look like I was a messed up dad. However, we're always saying what I did, what I did, but we're never saying what Robin didn't do. Um, there was a silent pause for a reason. I feel like that's a little stretchy. You're stretching a bit. You're reaching. You're reaching a little bit. I didn't like what he said. I don't know if I fully agree with that because I feel like mummies are the ones that have to do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the work with the children. Uh, again, I could be wrong. I'm not a fucking mother. But that rubbed me the wrong way. And I love, I would love to get rubbed by one. <laughs> but not in that manner. I did not like that. So that was not cool. Now moving on. We're going to get back to Karen and Ray. Why? Because it is the day of their vow renewal. Yes. Till death do us part, honey. I do. But I'm gonna... Cue everyone getting ready. Each, each housewife's home. All that kind of shit. Giselle calls Robin. 
probably about what are you wearing all this stupid shit. And uh, Robin is telling her how that conversation with Juan went and how it was really not successful. And Giselle's like, what? He needs to have these types of conversations without being defensive. Giselle's a million percent correct. Maybe we'll see that next. Maybe we'll see that at the reunion. I don't know. Will he show up? Hopefully. Um, And then we get back to Candace. Candace is showing up to the venue of the Val Renewal. And of course, she's got something to fucking say about it because apparently it is not up to her standards because her wedding was, I don't even know where the fuck her wedding was, but apparently she didn't like the venue. So she had to open up her big ass mouth and uh, she expected more. I guess she was kind of doing what Mia did to her. She was expecting more high budget instead of low budget from Karen. So that was basically a jab to you, Karen. And yes, I did include this moment in my weekly shade but we'll get there those steps though in that that (laughs) I almost said music venue those steps though in that venue holy shit Karen why did you do that to yourself you have this big ass dress that you gotten from turkeys custom made for you why would you wear that when you knew that you were going up like 30 stairs that confused me it made me laugh um I guess that's what an ambassador of Surrey County does So, you know what? You do you, Karen, because you looked great. I didn't love the dress personally, but I think you looked great. And the thing is, I, you know, all jokes aside, all the shade that I throw and all this stupid bullshit that I say uh, with my feelings, I do love the fact that I saw, I could truly see happiness with Karen throughout that whole ceremony. And I guess with Ray, I don't really, I don't know how to read guys particularly. Maybe that's why I'm not in a relationship. (laughs) So, But I do enjoy seeing happiness in people, and I did like that moment between the two of them. So the ladies, everyone's at the table. I think they're doing like appetizers at this point. And then um, Juan looks over at Giselle and says, hey, you know what? I heard about Jamal. I'm sorry, and uh, but I'm curious, are you seeing anyone new? And then we find out Giselle is seeing someone new, and I guess he's young he's 34 that's fucking my age like damn call me up hello I'm single hello but that's all the information that Giselle gives one and gives us the producers the viewers and she's getting grilled by this producer named Nora thank you Nora for doing the Lord's work asking the questions that we all want to know but Giselle doesn't give us any information and I have a problem with that why do I have a problem with that well You're getting paid, Giselle, a ton of money. Yes, a ton of money. You might not think of a ton of money, but I do. I'll probably never make what you're making ever in my life. So you're getting paid a shit ton of money, a pretty penny, to be an authentic person on a reality television show. However, you're not even showing your whole life to us, okay? Even with Jamal, I mean, we heard that reality through fucking people writing about it, and we knew that it was true. But you didn't even tell us any of that shit. So I kind of have a problem and I fucking love you, Giselle. But I'm so disappointed because you're really not giving us your whole self. And I feel like a reality television show of this manner, you need to be authentic. And with your relationship stuff, you're not showing any authenticity to the viewers and in my opinion, to your contract. Uh, But I didn't set that up. So what the fuck? Okay. 
But that's a little disappointing because she doesn't give us anything else except that he's 34. But then when we find out at the end of the episode, she's no longer seeing him. I mean, I know why. He's 34 and you're not. You're like 50. So, And there's no shade in 50. There's no shade in 50. But I, I find it a little less common that a 34-year-old would be date a 34-year-old man would be dating someone like almost 20 years older than him. It's much more common for a woman to do that with a man. So, and we've seen that in Erica and Tom. It's <sighs> a lot of shit. Even though I didn't really like this episode, but there is a lot of shit. So the ceremony begins and we heard about the dress it's coming from Turkey. And as I said before, Karen, you could barely walk in that fucking dress. Why did you choose those stairs? Crazy to me, but it's weird. I did love the fact that they were playing like crazy ass scary music. And to me, it was like a Halloween scene, like the movie that just came out with Kyle Richards, you know, that Halloween. It reminded me of a scene that could potentially be in Halloween because of her going up those stairs. It was scary. I was afraid. Will she get out alive? That's what the scene was. And that's what the producers made it look like. So thank you, producers, for doing your fucking jobs. Yes. Then we see Macy Gray. I try to say goodbye and I choke. Try to walk away and I stumble. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't like Macy Gray. I am not a fan. I, I mean, I don't like like her as a human. I don't know her. But let me tell you, I don't think she can sing. I'm not into what she's selling. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. I just can't. So moving on from that, Michael is showing up. Finally, he pulls up into the driveway or, or the fucking parking lot. And uh, what do we see? We see him immediately with Juan after he is with Ashley. He says hello to Ashley right by his car. And then all of a sudden we go, Michael and Juan. Shocker. No. One thing that I find pretty amazing. And I would call this hashtag progress with Candace. She is talking to Escala. I think it's Escala. And she is talking to her about Michael. And she feels that Michael is not morally good enough for Ashley. Candace, that is a positive thing that you just said about Ashley, okay? This is progress. I feel like maybe you do have a bit of goodness in you. And I applaud you for that. And I love that you showed us that at the last episode of this season. That made me like you a tenth of a percent, if you will. Maybe even less than that. But I, I like that, and I know that you got it in you because you showed us. You got more of it. We want to see it. Now, everyone's at their table after the appetizers have been done or whatever. They're about to eat dinner. Juan, I am surprised by this. Juan, honey, you are a little shit stirrer, a pot stirrer here. You were doing the deed. You were doing the work of Giselle at this point. You started this up and basically said, all right, we're going to squash this shit. What shit is this? Well, between Michael Darby and Chris Bassett. And I find it really interesting that they sat together, like, right next to each other. I thought that was interesting. But also, during the appetizer moment, before Michael even got there, Candace and Ashley sat right next to each other. Was that on purpose by production? <sighs> I don't know. The world will never know. But I have my thoughts. So they're about to eat dinner. One's like, let's squash the shit. And Michael is saying he can push the bullshit aside when he's speaking to an intelligent person because the whole beef between him and Giselle was referenced. And he was like, 
Her and I had some shit, but she's an intelligent person. And I was able to talk to her and we got through it. And now we're better for it. And then Chris comes into the conversation because obviously he's at the same table. He's hearing this. And he's like, you know what? I can let shit go. I'm ready to move past this. And I just want us to be cool. Like, let's just be chill. And then Michael's saying, you know what? I'd be fine with that. I just don't like when people are coming after my wife and they're mean to her. And then Chris says for Michael to come at him the way that he did last uh, season whenever they were at Juan and Robin's engagement, he felt that Michael was pretty disrespectful that he came up the way that he did. And you know what? To Chris's defense, I agree. Michael was pretty like, oh, well, you need to control your wife. and da, 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 da. So yes, I think it was disrespectful. I'm on Chris's side for that. And then with that said, Michael didn't really think that that was a problem. And he's like, I just want you to apologize. You shoved me. You should apologize. And then Robin kind of interjects and she's like, well, you can't sit here, Michael, and say that you did absolutely nothing. And then he's like, well, what did I do? And then Candace, she is like, I cannot deal with this. This is the whitest privilege and I can't even sit here to be with it. The white privilege of it all is nasty. And then she just gets up and she leaves. So that was a pretty uh, intense statement. Yes, I know what she means for sure. Um... But it was it was pretty intense, I do have to say. And I'm sure Chris was like, this is another fire that I have to put out because Candace really is unfiltered. She just says whatever, whenever she says she doesn't think about what she says. So Candace, we get to her confessional. And this I know is true. So I can understand why she said what she said. She said um, this is about Michael, that he can get away with anything or he's probably gotten away with everything that he's done in his life and he is not being held accountable for anything. Why? Because he either buys them off or he threatens to sue them. And then she says that he forsakes his wife for his own pleasures in such a degrading way. And here's another thing. Candace, that's number two, number two support with Ashley. And I'm so happy I'm so happy that you were able to do this. You are supporting her in a way that you maybe you don't even realize. So here's my thoughts. Could there be, could there be a rekindling of a friendship next season with Candace and Ashley? What are your thoughts? To me, I feel like there could be some hope. Maybe 25%? Not 50. Maybe 15 I don't know, but I think the door, as Austin would say, the door is ajar. <laughs> Apparently that quote sticks in my mind for the door is ajar. Winter House, you're disappointing me. I'm kind of over it. Austin, I'm over you. I, I, I'm disappointed with Winter House. I kind of, yeah, no words on that, but I'm going to keep watching, but I'm disappointed in it. Whatever. So now... From there, Giselle was just like, can we just go forward and stop disrespecting each other's wives? Like, can we just agree to that? And you know what? They're able to do that. So, yes, clap snaps for Yin's guys, Michael and Chris. You make up. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Giselle says, why don't you guys hug it out? Michael's like, nope. And then Juan's like, well, why don't you hug me? And then he's like, yep. (laughs) He gets up and gets the opportunity to hug Juan. So, you know, he's going to do it, honey. I was jealous of Michael at that point. He got to hug Juan. Whatever. So, (laughs) and even Giselle said that in her confessional. She's like, that's why the apology happened so quickly. Because Michael just wanted to move on so he could hug someone Dixon. Yes. Love it. Um, Okay, so we're getting towards the end of the episode here. 
I find it a little crazy and surprising that Wendy and Mia, they were pretty absent in this episode. I don't know why. More so Wendy. I didn't really see Wendy say much of anything. I mean, Mia was a little bit more involved saying, oh my God, Michael does exist. But I wonder why they were not present. It was interesting. So I just wanted to make that note because I thought it was interesting. As I just said, what the fuck, Kim? You're a little repetitive. Then we see Chris. He's uh, aside with Candace. Okay, so I guess he walked away and she went up to him. And he's saying... Like, you know, Candace, that white privilege thing is a little over the top. And I just feel like if you feel a certain way about something, that doesn't mean that you have to express it in that moment. Holy shit. Is Chris not allowed to have an opinion, Candace, because you just fucking blew up on him? Like, what the fuck? She's like, no, I'm not going to bow down to him when everyone else will. Da 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 da. She's being so combative. Like, the guns are ablazing from her right now. And, dude, I don't know. Like, Chris, you put up with so much shit from this princess, Candace, okay? And it's okay if you want to act like a princess. You do you. But honestly, Candace, you don't realize how lucky you are to have a man like him. And I'm hoping for your future that you'll stop acting like a child because I don't know how long Chris will want to deal with it. But I do feel I know why that you act that way. I think Candace acts childish because her mother still treats her as a child. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it on the show. So I feel like that's why Candace still acts the way that she does because her mother puts up with it and she treats her that way. So but I feel like a person can only deal with it for so long. And because Chris isn't blood to her, I don't know how much longer he would want to put up with that in the future. Like, will they make it to 25 years like Karen and Ray? I hope so. But if she continues to act that way, I mean, we'll just have to see how Chris deals with it, I guess. But I do feel like she blows up on him because he's expressing his opinion and she doesn't want to hear it because it's not how she feels. Like, if you don't feel the way that Candace feels, then you're automatically wrong. And that's bullshit. It's bullshit. And we even heard him say, he's like, why can't you just see the other side sometimes? And because she doesn't want to hear that because she knows that he's right, she's going to run away like a child would because they don't want to deal with it. However, I did that to my mother today when I was speaking to her. So there's that. <laughs> so maybe I act like I definitely act like Candace sometimes so whatever oh my god I'm like sticking up for her too what the fuck <sighs> so that was basically the season uh that's how the episode ended I do find that it was a very boring episode despite all of the uh shit that I just talked about um It was uneventful a little bit. Yes, the vowel renewal was nice, but we've also seen this shit multiple times in other franchises. So I was a little disappointed with the episode. I really hope that the reunion can come with fire. Maybe the mix up with Nicki Minaj. It could be a good thing and it could be the best reunion that we've seen in a while because I'm not going to lie, the Beverly Hills reunion is it's been highly disappointing for me as well they hype it up really really well and I think because they hyped it up so well that's why I'm disappointed with the actual episode so hopefully you know the last one's tonight so I hope that I'm surprised so we'll see now we actually believe it or not don't have any dueling divas for this episode uh the only dueling diva I would say divos it would be uh Michael and Chris but 
it's not that exciting to talk about because we already did. So no dueling divas for this episode, shockingly. So now we're going to go to the weekly shade because I do have loads of that. And I only have one quote because, again, the quotes weren't really that exciting. So Real Housewives of New Jersey men, honey, I'm waiting for you, Margaret Josephs. Jennifer Aiden! I'm ready for my quotes to come back because I've been disappointed. So here's the weekly shade. Weekly shade moment number one, numero uno. Karen. Karen! She says with her 25-year anniversary with Ray that she is setting an example to others, specifically to Giselle and Robin. L-O-L-O-L. Ha, 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 ha. I don't know why she's dissing Robin like that. Leave Robin alone. And I don't know why you're dissing Giselle. I do feel like... I don't even want to get into the Jamal thing because, ew. But yeah, she's shading both of them because she's like, y'all can't even keep your men in the, you know, relationship, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't cool, Karen, but thank you for the shade. Now, ooh, Michael says this as shade, but I think it depends on who you're talking to. So he says that Chris is living his life off of his wife. Candace, which is the worst thing that you can do. But is it really that bad that he would be living off of Candace's bills? I don't I don't I don't know. Not her bills, her paycheck, whatever. Um it really depends on who you're asking. Maybe the way that he visions marriage and all that shit, he feels that way. Well, clearly he does cuz he said it. But you know what? It's 2020 fucking one and I don't know if everyone feels that way. So, yeah. It's a shade that he threw, but I don't know necessarily is realistic with everyone. But from there, we're going to go on to Robin asking Michael while they're at the lunch that they're doing in the episode. (laughs) She asks him, yeah, so has anyone come up to you and confused you as your children's grandfather? And that was hilarious because I totally get what she means because he could pass for their grandfather. And he even thinks so, too, because he says in response, you know what? Surprisingly, no, not yet. So maybe he's expecting it. So that was a good shade. Truth for sure. And then we get to another shady moment. This is Candace opening her mouth about the venue uh, for Karen and Ray's vow renewal. It's not up to her standards. I say get over it, bitch. It's not your wedding. It's not always about you, Candace. <sighs> Ooh, this was actually a good shade. I actually think this might be my shade of uh, for this week for sure. And it's coming from Ray. I love this. Yes, Ray. Thank you. So someone goes up to him and says, uh, what does she say? She says, oh, she says, you know what? Bill Gates has nothing on you, Ray. And he starts laughing. (laughs) And then he says, except he's getting a divorce. Yes, Ray. Way to be all witty. I love that. That was so good. I enjoyed that thoroughly. So then another shady moment. Candace. (laughs) Candace is talking about Karen whenever she's going up those stairs to start the damn ceremony. She's like, oh, you know, it is lovely watching Karen, you know, celebrate her vow renewal with Ray. And then after seven minutes, she's still going up those damn stairs like, Karen, you are taking so goddamn long to get up there. Move your ass or get a different dress. Get a cocktail dress that could be a wedding dress for God's sakes. So I thought that was fun. (laughs) 
And then whenever the pastor was talking about their institution of marriage, he spoke about friendship a lot and not uh, partnership or whatever. Giselle, little light bulb going on in her head, and she's like, hmm, maybe their institution is only a friendship. Mm, mm-mm. I don't know. I know that she was trying to be shady, but isn't that what a marriage is supposed to be too? I mean, you're supposed to be friends. I don't know. Last, uh, last shade. Oh, it's from me. <laughs> I still think I, I enjoy Ray's shade the most um, with the Bill Gates comment. That was good. My shade is Ray and Karen, your kisses make me uncomfortable. They're too aggressive and slimy for television for me as a viewer to watch. And I don't know what to do with myself. So I fast forward and that's my shady moment uh, that I have to talk about from my end on how uncomfortable it makes me. Now, we're going to go finish up with the quote of the week, honey. I only have one and really it's not that exciting, but it is definitely shady as well. But I wanted to move it to the quotes because, I mean, it is kind of funny but also not nice. It is from Candace, of course, about her could be potential new friends or getting back to friendship. I don't know. She says about Ashley, as soon as Ashley shows up to the wedding, she says to Chris, I'm not giving an ogre any life. Damn Shrek. Didn't, I mean, people love Shrek. How many movies are there? Like three or four? Could be a compliment. People love fucking Shrek, okay? But I also don't think that Ashley looks like an ogre. You, for some odd reason, are mad. I don't know why. You always come after Ashley. I secretly think sometimes the reason why Candace does that is jealousy. Maybe she is jealous of Ashley. Of course, she's never going to admit it. She's going to act like Juan did whenever Robin was asking him a question about being a present dad for an infant baby. So I feel like there could be some jealousy. Like, I know they definitely did the pageant thing. I think they were in two different competitions, but they both won whatever. And one was more, not serious, but like higher as far as reputation versus the other. And I think Ashley's was the higher in reputation, whatever the pageant was, and she won. And I know that when they first met each other, they spoke about that. So I almost feel like that's why she comes after Ashley in such a manner. I think she's kind of like, why would this bitch get such a title in this pageant world and I only got this title. So I don't know. I do feel that there's some sort of jealousy between uh, that Candace has on Ashley and it confuses me because Candace, even though I don't really like like your ass on the television as your character on the show, I think you're talented and I don't think that you're as bad as what production shows you. However, you are a shit show and a mess on Twitter, as Andy would say. And I am going to be with my Andy bravo god forever and ever and ever honey I love him so much so yeah I'm hoping that reunion number one will be good I feel like it's a four-part reunion from what um what has been said and what we've seen so I have a feeling that Nicki Minaj will not be on the first one she'll probably come in probably at the tail end of the second. That's my prediction. Now, next two episodes coming up, I'm very excited. I have my great, great 
best girlfriend from Chicago, my first girlfriend from Chicago. Sade Buckles will be back on the show. I'm super excited to talk to her about all the Potomac shit because she's been on her Facebook saying some shit and I'm like, girl, you got to come back on the podcast. So I'm super excited for her to be here. And then I have another guest that will be up the following week and her name is Jenny and she has amazing content on Instagram and I'm excited to talk shit about everything bravo because I know that she watches a lot of the shit so we're going to be talking shit good shit honeys thank you so much for listening yes follow me on instagram yourselves at bravo yinzer yinzer spelled y-i-n-z-e-r and please follow us at believe podcasts and at believe pop culture that's believe b-l-e-a-v tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies tell your frenemies to follow the show subscribe like do a rating for crying out loud If you don't even like it, write a review. I'll see it and then we'll go from there and I won't care. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, so write a review, tell your peeps, and uh, have a kick-ass week. Enjoy Winter House and enjoy the last reunion of Beverly Hills. So catch you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.